0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Middle Tech's Friday Update. Uh, I know everyone was probably really enjoying the tech dad jokes, but wanted to switch it up and hopefully give you guys more useful information than uh, a dad joke this morning. So, what I'm going to try this morning uh, is this week in tech history. So, did a little research on the old Google machine, and what I found was that on October 24th of 1861, uh, the first transcontinental telegraph line was established by Western Union. So that's what that's what happened way back in the day. That was probably a huge deal back then, um, essentially allowing for instantaneous communication between the coasts. So now you know. Transcontinental Telegraph Line, 1861, October 24th. What do you think about that, Nate?
1: Interesting. I wonder if Evan's horrible joke last week turned you off from doing them.
0: <laughs> yeah, after I saw him totally butchering the uh, the delivery of that, I figured it was time to switch it up. I
1: couldn't tell if it was the delivery of the joke itself that didn't make sense or probably. <laughs> but I, I
0: like the history facts. That's a good switch up. Evan's just so <laughs> unfunny that uh, I figured, yeah, people probably were tired of it after that. Yeah, I guess we should let him in here. No. I'm let good. him defend himself. No. <laughs> no need. No need.
1: <laughs>
0: what, have <you> on <laughs> on what have you been on the joke? It was not the delivery. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Interesting take. Yeah, naturally. Naturally, <laughs> cool. How are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. I am good. Got a new mic. Yeah. We're getting legit, so I'm trying to figure this out. Hi, nice. so sounds good. I think uh IG has been targeting me with ads for that mic. After oh yeah, picture. I don't know how they would do that, but I've been seeing them all over the place, which is making me want one now. I looked it up
1: once, and then I was just bombarded with ads, and they got me. They slowly went down. <laughs>
0: yep, that's the way it goes. That's yeah. exactly what they want to hear. But cool. Let's dive on in. We got some, uh, some good stories to talk about this week, a lot dealing with Facebook and their foray into the metaverse and rebranding themselves as a metaverse company. Uh, so some different things there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, a story that I tweeted about that I put on my story that got a lot of replies is this Shiba Inu cryptocurrency, uh, where somebody invested $8,000 and turned it into 5.7 billion. Uh, we're going to dive into some of the details of that and You know the implications of it as well but let's start with facebook rebranding so nate tell us what's going on here what's what's zuck been up to this week
1: yeah so we kind of talked about this last week when it leaked a little bit um but the company facebook everyone i'm sure has seen has changed their name to meta and it's it's meta not meta i had to double check that um but meta for metaverse um this has kind of been done before think about google um, it rebranded to to Alphabet, and then Apple kind of switched up their name slightly. They used to be Apple Computers. So it's not without precedent in Silicon Valley, um, but a lot of people are saying it's convenient timing for Facebook, but it also
0: does reflect kind of that future of how they see online social interaction. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to establish themselves as the metaverse company, but I think it's important <laughs> to understand that the metaverse is not going to be owned by any one company. That's what I was talking about with some friends this morning that uh, are not necessarily in the tech space is, okay, does this mean Facebook is like creating a metaverse? And I think it's important to understand that the metaverse is not something that one entity is going to own. Um, Facebook will be building lots of different experiences and things that you can do within the metaverse, but overall the metaverse is going to be more decentralized than just one entity. Evan, what do you think of all this? And I think uh, some companies are going to have more market share than others. And I think Facebook's going to have a very, very large market share because of their network effect. You know, like when you go into the metaverse, you want to be with other people oftentimes, and you're going to find those people on Facebook. So they might have the network, you know, just like in the real world, they have the network uh, of connecting with people socially. You know, the metaverse, they might just try to translate that into that as well. And I would say that's the, probably their play here. The other interesting part that we're going to talk more about here in a second is, you know, they're probably going to start transitioning a little bit more to a hardware company, not completely. You know, they're always going to be largely a software company, but they've got to move more towards hardware. That's why you start to see Snap and some of these other companies doing the same thing, which is if you want to access the metaverse, you've got to have some piece of hardware. And right now most people are accessing the internet via Apple and you know, Facebook's got to find a way around that.
1: This idea of like the metaverse, like we we're just talking about it of, um, you know, like it's this no company owns it. You can travel between experiences and the idea is you'll be the same avatar, you know, traveling between experiences. I don't know how realistic that is, though. Like think, think about phones, like you're either in the Apple walled garden or you're in Android and everything you do is Android. You're either on Facebook interacting with Facebook people, or you're on TikTok interacting with TikTok people. Like we don't have an internet that's just completely free and open. You can travel anywhere with the same thing and the same stats. We have a, we have a business focused free market that is incentivized to close off their experiences. And so Facebook creating their version of the metaverse, I could see being a market leader. I don't see them just opening that up to anybody who wants to plug into it. And you, I could take all my Facebook stuff and leave and go somewhere else. I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely think that in terms of what Facebook's interests are, they're not gonna wanna do that. But the way I understand the metaverse, or at least the, the ideal version of the metaverse is gonna be largely decentralized or decentralized as much as it can. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of talk around web three and where that's leading. So I totally agree with you. I think that Facebook is going to have those network effects where a lot of people are just are familiar with them and are going to be using their services within the metaverse. Um, But a good thread to check out is one that I I quoted from uh, somebody that was, I think, head of product at at Shopify, somebody on tech Twitter. He did a really good breakdown of what all led us to the metaverse that helps you kind of get an understanding of what is this kind of thing. Because I feel like you, uh, it's almost like one of those, you know, fairy dust type of things that you can think of. It's just a buzzword. What is the metaverse? Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend checking that out. We actually had an episode with Ethan Gill, who is a Facebook developer, where we talked a little bit about the metaverse and, and all the implications of it. So if you're wanting to learn more about it, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, I want to touch on what Brandon said here in the comments, um, where he said, could there be a metaverse like Disney, kind of a, a land within a greater land that has a paywall to enter and participate? And I think that's kind of exactly what we're talking about here with Facebook getting more into it. The metaverse itself you can think of as this like greater greater land the land of being online through ar and vr uh, kind of a persistent place that you can go and, and frictionlessly transition between you know real life and, and physical life and in this virtual world as well they're going to cause become more intermingled i could definitely see uh, there being a metaverse similar to like a disneyland i think it's just whichever company you know puts out the the best hardware or uh i guess virtual world that you would want to engage with. Yeah. And also want to say like, there's not just going to be like a meta, like there's not a metaverse, like it's going to be, like, it's just a, it's just a term given to these new virtual places that we can explore and there's not a metaverse. It's just like the internet, you know, it's not like an internet other than China, but there's not like an internet. (laughs) There's like places you go on the internet, there's pockets of the internet you can explore. Yep. The same thing with the metaverse. So. That's how i would describe it. Exactly. You know, but be I think the ideal version. Themed metaverse. The,
1: the ideal version that people talk about is this just open, you know, area that you can travel between, which would be the metaverse. But I agree, Evan, that that's not going to happen. Like there'll be different pockets.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start talking a little bit more about, you know, some of these new things that Facebook is launching as if they're trying to, you know, rebrand themselves into more of a hardware company. I know that they've released some more tech around. VR headsets and what those VR headsets are actually going to be able to do. Uh, So Evan or Nate, one of you guys kind of give us an overview of what's been released and uh, what they're kind of starting to focus on as they go through this rebranding. Yeah. I I wouldn't necessarily say they're trying to pivot towards um, hardware, but they've got to, in order to effectively deliver their software, they've got to, you know, have hardware. So they're moving towards a few big areas. One is AR, uh, one is wearables, uh, and then the other one they've been doing, which is improving their VR. So they've got a brand new VR headset called Cambria that they're launching, uh, much improved. It's not going to replace the Quest, uh, but it's like a a very pro version of the Quest. And so it's got facial tracking, it's got better optics, it's got more high resolution. Uh, so it's got more uh, premium features and they're going to be launching that next year. Uh, there was rumors of uh, a smartwatch. So some some photos of a smartwatch leaked. Um, I assume... They want to get into the watch game for tracking vitals, for tracking, you know, different things about movements. Uh, they've got a project uh, that they've got called uh, Project Aria, uh, which basically you can control the virtual screen with your hand and your wrist. So it tracks your hand movements uh, using a neural interface. And I assume that's part of their play with a smartwatch is if they can integrate that into the watch over time. Uh, they'll probably want to do that so that you can, without having to uh, look at a screen, uh, move and interact with that screen. Because most of the time, like if you want to touch the screen now, you've got obviously hold it in your hand and your hands are not free. But Mark Zuckerberg is envisioning this world where you're in VR or you're in AR and your hands are free because you're not going to be needing a computer to power that experience. And so the, uh, thus, they're going to need some kind of way to interact with that. Uh, that UI, um, let's see what else here that I didn't mention. They've got a few apps that they're launching. They've got an, uh, a spark platform where a lot of these, uh, metaverses, metaverse experiences are being built in VR and AR. So they're launching a geofenced AR effect, uh, or a geofence AR platform. So it's part of their spark platform, but essentially think about Pokemon go. And the reason that was special is because they were able to geofence areas where you could go battle Pokemon. Well, now they're just building an API for somebody to come along and build any kind of experience via uh, geofencing for AR. And then then finally, one other thing I want to mention is uh, they're starting to create apps to allow anybody to engage with the metaverse, engage with AR. Uh, Just like, you know, Snapchat, you can create your own filters and overlay them. And then eventually with these ARs, uh, smart glasses, you'll be able to see those. Well, uh, Facebook's launching a similar platform where you can basically uh, create your own AR effects and filters from your mobile phone and then share them with your friends so they can also view them on AR or VR. So really, they're just trying to create uh, kind of two things I'm seeing here, the hardware to support the experience within the metaverse, and then they're trying to create the platform where people are building the metaverse uh, on their own. Those are some of the big things yep. that, that I'm seeing them launch. Yeah. And I think what I'm, what I'm kind of getting from this is these are all just the building blocks of what we'll soon think of as the, as the metaverse. Um, you know, things like 5G coming online and becoming more widespread so that internet is more widely accessible. And then all of these different pieces of software and apps that Evan just mentioned, plus all of this hardware that's being layered on top, the more seamless it is to interact with the metaverse. I feel like that's the key towards this future of this metaverse that we keep talking about. We need very frictionless interactions yeah. with it. Just as easy as it is for me to pull out my Apple iPhone and, you know, go on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I don't want to have to be putting on a headset every time to go into the metaverse. So I think once we start getting that tech, that hardware that is like those glasses that Evan mentioned, where it's a lot more frictionless, that's when I see things taking yeah. off in this, in this space. And Facebook already
1: started that. I mean, they, they released those ratings mm-hmm. story glasses a couple months ago. The next version of those I'm sure will have AR capabilities where you can view all these experiences that people are making. So they've already gone down this road and that AR stuff to me personally is super interesting and I know Tim Cook at Apple has said that's where he sees the near future more so than like a fully immersive virtual world. How
0: can we bring that into the real world? So that'll be a cool space to watch. Yep. All right, well, let's uh, transition on to this last story that we've thrown on here, which is arguably one of the most ridiculous headlines that I've seen, maybe ever. Um, But let's kind of dive into what this actually means, what the implications of it are. So this was inspired by a tweet that uh, Morning Brew put out. If you're not following Morning Brew or subscribe to the newsletters, highly recommend it. Um, It's how I learn a lot about the tech space and, and stay up to date. Um, They tweeted out, this wallet bought roughly $8,000 of SHIB, which is uh, a cryptocurrency called Shibu Inu, I'm pretty sure, sure, which is essentially a shit coin of a meme coin uh, going after Doge. Um, So somebody bought $8,000 last August, and that is now worth $5.7 billion after this recent huge run uh, that Shibu Inu has taken. So roughly $8,000 to $5.7 billion in 400 days. Um. At the onset i really just don't think something like that should be possible well first off i think it's worth mentioning that whoever made this investment is not going to get 5.7 billion out of it yeah uh, as soon as they try to liquidate all that because they have to have yeah. somebody on the other side as soon as they try to liquidate that it's going to crash the market for Shibui New simultaneously now they still might get a, you know millions out of it i don't know how much but it's it's not going to be 5.7 billion of liquid uh, and essentially being able to turn it back into cash. So uh, Evan and I have been talking about this. interested to hear your your thoughts on this as well, Nate. Uh, arguably one of the most ridiculous headlines that I've seen in years,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's wild. I mean, think of how many crazy bets like this we don't hear about because they go to zero. Like eight thousand dollars on this shit coin last August would have like you would have called that person absolutely insane. I mean, they were almost valueless at that point. That's why it's gone up so much. It's crazy that like crypto p- provides somebody the opportunity for that amount of upswing. I mean, it of course also provides the opportunity for that amount of downswing. So I haven't really thought about the the ethics and like if it should be legal or not, how how that can happen. But I mean, it's obviously just a highlight of this market is how I'm thinking of
0: it. Yeah, I mean, it's just fake. Um it's just no, fake, thing? It's, it's just it's a fake, like value. it's just fake value. So like in order for value to be created, like there's gotta be something fundamental behind it or yeah. people, you know, have to say, you know, it is worth that and you can exchange it with other people. You know, he's not gonna be able to exchange, you know, this is not a, like, this is not a healthy market. So it's just fake. Like he's not gonna, there's not another, yeah. there's not another side to this. that's gonna take that trade. So like, it's cool headline. Uh, and this is what's happening with a lot of these coins is that they're just fake, you know, it's just like, it's nothing. So to, to really take seriously is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Could you say the same thing about like a public company where the founder CEO owns a large percentage
0: of the stock? No, they could. So like if Elon wanted to liquidate a large portion of his, you know, there'd be people willing to take that all day because there's fundamentals and there's a balance sheet, there's cash, there's assets with this, there's nothing. So there's, there's no value, There's no true real value here, here. Is what i'm saying it's really just
1: when well, now you're getting into the, the idea of crypto in general is there a value to crypto
0: well that's one of the arguments that people are worried about with crypto is that there's no yeah. fundamental value yeah, behind it uh, with the uh, you know with bitcoin the only thing that is really valuable about it at all is the network effect and other people saying that it's worth something and that they're willing to hold it and that it has value the second that people say that they're no longer buying it or they don't want it and they start liquidating or they say it's not valuable then it goes, they could theoretically go to zero because there's no fundamentals. That doesn't happen with the mm-hmm. stock. Whereas as people start selling it, it can only go so low because there's fundamental values on the balance sheet that keep it that freight. You know, a stock can yeah. go to zero. Tesla will never go to zero. Bitcoin could go to zero if people say it's not worth it anymore. Well, I mean, unless the underlying business just goes bankrupt. I mean, just yeah. to put that caveat in there, it could, it could theoretically go to zero. I'm interested to let Ryan, who's in in the comments is thinking about all this talk about bitcoin i know he's a big bitcoin maximalist um but in general i i agree um when i see something like these where it's just it's literally a joke like this is the internet age that we live in where uh, a joke coin somebody literally started this as a joke of dogecoin yeah uh, when something really like that joke. can yeah it's this has become like the seventh biggest cryptocurrency by market cap i mean that is that just doesn't that doesn't seem right, and uh, something that I've kind of been saying, and when I put this on my story, and people were DMing me about it, saying how ridiculous it is, is kind of exactly what Evan said. Like, if somebody were able to actually get five point seven billion dollars worth of of cash out of this, and actually use that, there's that amount of value, I and mean, this person created no value for society to get that kind of money, which I think is probably one of the most upsetting parts of this. If they were able to actually realize uh, the gain on that. So just overall, it's just a perfect snapshot of where we are in the market and where the internet is right now. And I don't know, man, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. It just doesn't. I'm surprised right you guys right feel that way. I'm surprised. Like, really? What? Yeah. Elaborate. What? Why, why do you not feel that way?
1: I don't know if I feel that way or not. Um, I haven't really thought about it, but you know, this decentralization, the idea where You know, people can use these platforms and these literally tokens, these things to, to do what they want on the internet and provide value or not. You know, the value is what others say the value is. I mean, that's kind of the idea of crypto and the idea of the future decentralized internet. So if enough people have bid up this token to say that it has value in the world of pure decentralization, isn't that the value in and of itself? If that's right or not, I don't know, but that's, that's kind of the whole trend in the internet and web three and everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you have people that are literally pumping it in like wall street bets, Reddit groups and just doing it because it's like a joke to them or a meme, and they're just like trying to pump it just, just for the sake of pumping and dumping it, or, you know, speculation. Um, you know, I feel a lot more solid about Bitcoin. Like I, I do own some Bitcoin um and ethereum and a couple of the other ones that i feel more more confidently about but this one is just is you know it's made as a joke so yeah for sure who knows it's enough people it's it's, it's it's still yeah it's the space is still like hard to understand when stuff like this happens you see it and you scratch your head and wonder what's going on i guess Evan decided he was yeah done for this he's (laughs) just done he's gone (laughs) cool yeah Yeah, now um so that's that's all i got on that story you got anything else you want to add nate Uh, no, it'll be interesting to see it play out. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, if, if this shouldn't be possible, then that means regulation, which I think we all think is coming on some level at some point. So yeah, we will see.
0: Yep. For sure. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about what we've got coming up in the pipeline in terms of content and other episodes coming out. Nate, do you want to fill us in on the weekend thoughts that we're going to have tomorrow?
1: Yeah, Weekend Thoughts um, actually ties in a little bit to the wearables we were just talking about. And then um, Brandon's question about Apple in the chat. Um, It's Halloween weekend, scary time. So I was trying to think of some scary uh, tech topics. And your health is a pretty scary one and how technology can track it. Uh, So we're talking specifically about Apple on Weekend Thoughts tomorrow and what some of the potential downsides of all the health tracking they want to do could be, but then is that possibly outweighed by the benefits? And I would argue that it is. So that's tomorrow.
0: Interesting. Cool. Be excited to listen to that. Yeah. Uh, then on Monday, we have an episode coming out with Victory Hemp. Um, so Evan and our new uh, guy that's focused on ag tech, Lincoln Day, uh, sat down with the founder and CEO of Victory Hemp to talk about what they're doing in the state. Evan, do you want to give a, a just a quick synopsis on what that conversation was about? Yeah, so Victory Hemp's a really cool company playing in the, uh, plant-based food industry, so they're using hemp seeds, which is a great source of protein, uh, to create, uh, ingredients for food, uh, you know, for veggie burgers, for all kinds of things that people are eating nowadays that, you know, want to be both sustainable and healthier, uh, they're creating basically a, a, a platform for other, food based companies to use their ingredients. And it's a really cool company. They're based in um, here in Kentucky. Uh, they've raised uh, a lot of money, they have a great story on how they raised that money. A lot of R&D has gone into this, uh, and they're starting to partner with some pretty uh, well known brands. So uh, they're well on the way to becoming, you know, a big staple within the uh, the food industry. Because uh, hemp is just something that uh, is not talked about enough, and they're doing a great job uh, leveraging it. Nice. That sounds awesome. Uh, well, that's coming out on Monday. Other than that, uh, go Cats this weekend. Let's beat Mississippi State. Gonna have a great Halloween. Yeah, stay safe celebrating. Uh, send us some of your costumes if you feel like shooting us a DM. And have a great rest of the Friday. We'll see you next week. See y'all.